Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> when you hear Jesus say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, do you think he's being serious? When he says, if anyone strikes you on the cheek, turn the off of the other one also, do you think he means for us to take him literally? When he says, from anyone who takes your coat away, do not refuse, offer your shirt also. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do you think he wants to, us to react that way in our day-to-day -day life when things are taken from us? When I pose these questions to a group of eight friends who were with Linda and me last week, the consensus was that Jesus was using hyperbole. He was exaggerating. We didn't want to actually take him at face value. But I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if he's actually being serious. Today's passage is from Luke's Gospel, and it's the second part of what is known as the Sermon on the Plain. It's very similar to, but different from the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew's Gospel. As Philip noted last week, that's understandable because Jesus was talking to a different group of people in a different part of the country. We heard the first part of his sermon on the plain last week. He began by saying, blessed are the poor, the hungry, those who mourn, those who are hated, excluded, reviled, and defamed. As Philip said last week, these folk are blessed, favored by God because he sees them, cares about them, is concerned about them, even if no one else is. And then Jesus ends that very beginning of his sermon with a series of woes. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full now. Woe to you when people speak well of you. Neither our friends nor I wanted to take Jesus' woes at face value. But I wonder, I wonder if Jesus is being more serious than I want him to be. I wonder if I am resisting Jesus because I have so much to lose. I wonder if I would hear Jesus differently if I were materially, not just 
figuratively poor, hungry, mourning, hated, excluded, reviled. The theologian and spiritual mentor to Martin Luther King and other early civil rights leaders, Howard Thurman, argued that the countercultural, counterintuitive way Jesus describes in this morning's passage is the only workable strategy for those he calls the disinherited. Those whose day-to-day -day reality is poverty, hunger, exclusion, or oppression. Most of the ordinary folk to whom Jesus spoke had no power. They had no economic power, they had no cultural power, they had no political power. The societal context into which Jesus spoke and from which he emerged was very different from mine and maybe very different from yours as well. Palestinian Jews were under the thumb of the Roman Empire. Few were well off, most were oppressed. And there are still people living in Palestine whose life experience is way closer to that of Jesus' audience than to mine. Two of our friends told us about a Palestinian Christian family they met on a trip to Israel outside of Bethlehem. This family over 150 years ago had been given a plot of land to farm by the Ottoman Empire. But for decades now, they have been under pressure, discriminated against, all kinds of maneuvers taken to take some of that land away, on the one hand by Palestinian Muslims and on the other hand by Israeli Jews. And for them, Jesus' words to love one's enemies is at the very center of their day-to-day -day life. They told our friends that they refuse to hate. They have every reason to hate, but they know that being consumed by hate will never lead to anything good. And so they are determined not to be hate-filled. Their day-to-day -day mantra is this, we refuse to be enemies. We refuse to be enemies. If loving our enemies seems like a really long stretch, maybe refusing to be enemies, refusing to act as an enemy, might at least be a step in Jesus' direction. That family of Palestinian Christians may not like the people who are trying to take away their land. They may not wish the best for those people. They may not care about their well-being. But refusing to be enemies strikes me as something to emulate. 
So I wonder, I wonder how God wants me to hear Jesus' words about loving my enemies, turning the other cheek, and willingly let go, letting go of anything I possess. I wonder, I've got questions, but I'm confident that Jesus is very serious about several other things we heard this morning. I'm convinced that Jesus is absolutely serious when he gives his listeners a simple, down-to-earth yardstick for living. He says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We know that as the golden rule. I take it as a practical way of restating the second great commandment, to love our enemies as ourselves. I'm convinced that Jesus is absolutely serious when he says, give, and it will be given to you. A full measure running over will be put in your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. As a friend once told me, the more I give, the more I seem to have to give. And I've never heard of anyone at the end of life, never heard of anyone on their deathbed say, I wish I'd given less. I really wish I'd been less generous in my life. Have you ever heard of anyone saying that? No. I am convinced that Jesus is serious when he says, God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. That is the essence of God's grace. That is the essence of the good news I need to hear. That's the essence of the good news of baptism. I'm also convinced that Jesus is absolutely serious when he says, be merciful, for your Father is merciful. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. We heard one of the great forgiveness stories of all time in the reading from Genesis about Joseph and his envious, jealous brothers who sold him into slavery. You may remember the story from either the Bible or the musical Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Joseph was the clear favorite son of Jacob, and his brothers hated him for it. So they sold him into slavery, pretended to his father that he was dead. And then they go to Egypt seeking food in the middle of a famine. And Joseph is so delighted to see them and weeps over them. He had every reason to hate them. And he had the power to seek revenge. But he didn't. He was merciful. He forgave. If there is any envy or jealousy in your family, and there sometimes is, remember Joseph. Joseph. 
Remember Jesus' words, forgive, and you will be forgiven. If you struggle, as I do, with the extraordinarily high moral bar that Jesus sets for us in today's passage, remember there are steps we can take towards Jesus' way. Regardless of the situation, we can ask and probably pretty well answer the question, what would I want them to do to me? How would I want them to treat me? That's doable. That's doable. And most important, remember the good news that Jesus proclaims. For God is merciful. Indeed, if he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, surely he will be kind to us gathered here this morning. Regardless of how perfectly or imperfectly or incompletely we follow the counterintuitive way of Jesus. Amen.